forward into hour two. From the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Visit them at dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one in the books. Lots of football talk to kick off the program. Double Matt Trouble. Matt Marchese from Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Joined us to talk all things NFL. And a live edition of the Stamps Report with our own Natty Rose. To get you set for the Stamps and the Ticants coming up on Saturday. If you missed anything in hour one, you can catch it on the podcast. Google, Amazon, Spotify, your favorite podcatcher. Pods go up minutes after every hour finishes here on Sportsnet 960. I'm alongside my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor. Fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. Shoot us a text on this Calgary Flames game day. Game five of eight in the preseason. We're over halfway there. Tonight, it's the Battle of Alberta against the Oilers. Seven o'clock puck drop tonight from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Pat Steinberg has your Calgary Flames pregame show at 6. Derek Wills and Corey Sarich on the call tonight from the Peter Marr radio broadcast booth. So tune in to listen to the Flames and the Oilers. Cam, I believe you're heading down to the Dome tonight to scout up the Flames and the Oilers. That's right. I got to get the hardest hitting, most inside analysis you can get for this show. I'll expect a full report on Monday. From the upper bowl. Yes. No, they're free, so... No complaints. Absolutely not. That I sounded am so... like a little bit no, no, of a no, no, complaint, no, no, no. Taylor. Did that not? <laughs> sounded a bit like There's he was absolutely complaining. No complaint. I will take free tickets wherever you put me. Now... Text line, help me out. That sounded a bit like a... Uh, from the upper bowl. I'm just saying, I'm giving you the best analysis I can. I'm getting eyes on with these guys from wherever I'm seated. I think it's upper bowl. I don't know. I haven't gotten them yet. Got to get your opera glasses on. Yeah, I got little binoculars and just zoom in. Uh, Welcome. As you head to the Saddle Dome tonight, anybody else heading to the Dome, let's get you caught up on uh, Flames game day information. Dan Vladar is your starting goaltender tonight for the Calgary Flames. Dustin Wolf will be his backup. Jack Campbell goes for the Edmonton Oilers, who send a small amount of NHLers to Calgary. Won't surprise you. No... Zach Hyman, no Connor McDavid, no Leon Dreisaitl, but uh, the likes of Cody Cece, Brett Kulak, uh, who else we got? Derek Ryan, former Flame, is coming down. Xavier Bourgeau, Dylan Holloway. So a pretty young lineup coming for the Edmonton Oilers for the Calgary Flames. Your lines and D pairings look like this, courtesy of our pal Pat Steinberg. Huberto, Lindholm, Sharon Govich, Dubé, Kandri, Coronado, Coleman with new captain Michael Backlund. Imagine he'll get a nice ovation today. First time seeing him with the C on the ice. Uh, Walker Dewar is going to be on the right wing of Coleman and Backlund. Hanzik, Schwint, and Bishop. Your deep pairings are as follows. Hannafin Anderson, Osterley Tanev, Jeremy Poirier makes his preseason debut. He'll be on a pairing with Ilya Solovyov. And I get to, again, uh, Dan Vladar in net for the Calgary Flames. They made six more cuts from their training camp roster today. Etienne Moran assigned to QMGHL Moncton. Michael Diot released from his ATO. While Parker Bell, Brett Sutter, William Stromgren, and Jared Gorley have been assigned 
to the AHL Wranglers. Camp now down to 42 players for the Calgary Flames. We'll hear from a couple members of the Flames coming up in just a few moments here. But thoughts on the lineup tonight. Big opportunity for Matt Coronado, I think, on that line with Dubé and Kadri. That's a place I could see him starting the season, to be honest, if he continues this strong preseason. I like the opportunity for Walker Dewar up with Coleman and Backlund. Uh, man, Japani's obviously been on that line a lot to start training camp, but I'm curious to see what Walker Dewar does there. More Sam Honzik as training camp continues. Excited to see what he can do. And obviously that top line of Lindholm, Huberto, and Sharon Govich has shown out well enough that they haven't had to change that up since the beginning of training camp yet. Deep pairings, Hannafin Anderson. Osterley gets another shot with Tanev. Ryan Huska really liked what he saw from that D pairing going back to uh, that first preseason game against Vancouver. He went as far to say it looked like they'd played together uh, for years, Osterley and Tanev. So that's really good. And a, and a good chance to look at Jeremy Poirier, a guy that got a lot of attention last year for good reason. Very similar mold, I think, to uh, what the Flames did with Yutan Moran, a guy that has a very high offensive ceiling, great skater, Obviously needs to work on the defensive side of things, but he's got a year pro under his belt, and he's going to be uh, on a deep pairing with Ilya Solovyov, who's had a very strong uh, start to camp as well and has made some noise. So lots to look for in tonight's matchup. Looking forward to it again. 7 o'clock puck drop. Flames pregame goes with Pat at 7 o'clock. If you've got any thoughts on tonight's game, any of those lines or deep pairing, shoot us a text at 960-960. Let's get you set up for tonight's game. Let's hear from the head coach, Ryan Huska. He spoke to the media following morning skate at the Scotiabank Sound Dome on Friday. Ryan, just some of the defensive changes, just I don't think we've asked why you sort of decided to overhaul it from, from man to zone. I think, um, and I mentioned it to someone yesterday, but I think you're going to see a f- quite a few teams doing it. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the skill set in the NHL now, where um, if you want to kind of compare it a little bit to basketball like some there's certain talented players out there that if you're going to consistently go man on man with them you better have an elite player that's able to defend that person so I, I think um, just trying to create a little bit more support and a little bit more traffic for people to get inside on I think is one of the our mindset in regards to making a little shift in that that area but I do think it really comes down to the quality of the players and all of the young guys that are coming up they have a different skill set um, I think because they were taught differently at a young age. So the skill level in the game um, is is increasing. And I think that's why you're seeing, you know, power play numbers continuing to creep higher and, and some of the plays that you're seeing some of these younger guys make. So I, I think it's just a way where we can do a good job of protecting the middle of the ice. Coach, what makes you curious about trying uh, Matt Coronado with Dylan Dubé and Nazem Kadri? Um, I like the speed that the line can play with. Um, Dylan is a guy that should be a driver of a line with the pace that he can play at and being straight ahead. Um, Naz is a guy that likes to carry and control the puck and find options from that point. And when you put him in with a guy that can skate, and right now I feel like Matthew's very competitive with the way he's playing away from the puck. He's working to find spots to shoot, and he is a guy that we feel that um, will eventually be able to finish consistently, and hopefully they can find a little chemistry tonight. We've seen the goals. What have you made of Matt's game away from the puck when he's, when he's not in possession? Yeah, the one thing that we have liked is he, you watch how hard he, and hopefully he does tonight because it's something we're looking for, but if he doesn't have the puck and he's close to it, watch how hard he's trying to get it back. 
Um, and we're trying to get our guys to understand that they have to be relentless on it. Um, if we don't have it, we have to find a way to get it back right away. And, and he's done a pretty good job of that so far. Is that kind of what you saw on him and not his goals, but his assists that he had in that first game? Um, there was a stretch in the third period where he was one of our better guys at it for sure. So whether you're stripping pucks or you're working to get above people to make it again harder to play through, um, he was good there. Jeremy Poirier, I know, I know defensemen develop at a different rate, but he had such a good first year with the Wranglers. What do you want to see from him tonight, and, and where is he sort of at in his development? You know, I, I think we'd like to see um, Poirier being himself. Like, you don't want to take away from him what makes him a special player, and that's the way he handles the puck and makes plays in the blue line. Um, and I think as he gets going into hopefully some more games for us here, um, you know, then he can he can focus a little bit more on the structure side of it as well. So um, right now tonight, with this being his first game coming back from his injury, we want him to keep it simple. But don't don't forget what makes him a special player. I guess. Head coach Ryan Huska addressing the media following morning skate. On this Friday game day for the Calgary Flames. Good stuff on some of the D-zone coverages. Matt Coronado, Jeremy Poirier making his preseason debut this season. Uh, Let's hear from one of the key guys on that defense who's been uh, well aware of those changes and trying to make them work this year. It's Chris Tanev. He's paired up once again tonight with Jordan Osterley. Here's what the Flames veteran D-man had to say after practice this morning on a game day against the Oilers. Chris, just uh, the idea of kind of ramping up... uh... Preseason, I don't know how you gauge it, but do you feel as though you're kind of close to where you need to be individually, and are you starting to see the signs that everybody's kind of learning to go here? Yeah, you start to games get faster um, as obviously more guys are, are playing in lineups, and um, that sort of intensifies as the next week and a half, two weeks go on. So, I mean, still, I think we're focusing on dialing in the details of our of our new structure and, and how we want to play and that's going to be a, a big part of uh, what we do tonight how long does that take typically you've been around new coaches and new systems uh, enough in your career how long does that typically take depends on the guy i mean i think as, as long as we're communicating um we'll be fine and, and we've been fine thus far when we're when we're talking and um reading off each other obviously there's there's times where you, you can get in a little trouble if if sort of miscommunications or two guys trying to do do the same thing but I mean I think for the most part we, we've been really good at the at handling um, what we're trying to change a lot of guys here there's a lot of familiarity but there's also some new faces do you see that chemistry uh, you know where it needs to be yeah it's it's great I mean you're never gonna have the exact same team every year right so I mean there's there's a, a ton of us back from last year and then I think all all the new guys in here um, have been great a lot of energy um Playing well, good players, and then we we got some some young guys that are uh, have, have stepped up and really fighting for jobs and, and playing awesome. So I mean that that brings some energy to, to the team, and it, it's awesome to see. What's uh, what's the biggest transition going from man to zone in the defensive zone? Just communication, I think. Um, a lot a lot less moving for the D, and um, a lot more for the centermen. So um, just being on the same page and. Just reminding yourself where, where you need to be in, in certain situations and, and staying patient. Um, definitely a, a little bit more passive than, than we have been in the years past. So. How have you found it uh, with Osterley specifically so far? It's been, been awesome so far. I mean, we only played the one game and um, we are good, but it was uh, not much of a game. So we'll, we'll see how tonight goes. I mean, there's things you you build on each game. and. Uh, but he's a very good skater, good with the puck, and smart player, so it's been a pleasure so far.
What's, uh, you, you're known as a guy that makes life very easy for his defense partners. Just what are you trying to do to maybe help Jordan acclimate or on the ice? Just what are you trying to do to make yeah, We're just talking a lot and trying to make him feel comfortable. I think when you're, you go to a new team, you never know how how you're going to react guys are going to react so i think if, if you feel comfortable you're, you're going to play your best so let's oh, sorry not to cut you off i know you had mentioned communication as something as a way to adjust to the new d zone reads this year how big of a deal is communication this year compared to the strategy last year how much of an emphasis is communication this year compared to last year well i mean you all i think you always need communication it's just it may be in different aspects of the game i mean this year Last year, it's man-on-man, man, so you're responsible for your guy, right? So um, this year, there's going to be a lot more switching and a, a lot more center movement. So, I mean, D and centers and wingers and centers focusing, sort of, as I said, communicating, focusing on where they need to be and, and the spots they need to be to sort of prevent chances against is, is going to be important. Are, are there things as a defenseman you can do in zone coverage that you maybe aren't able to do uh, in man coverage? Um, I mean, it's different. You're never going to be at the blue line chasing a guy, right? So um, we're we're trying to stay a bit closer to our net this year and um, protect Marky and not give up those great A chances. If there's a one breakdown and one guy gets beat in man to man, you're usually going to give up um, give up a chance. So we, we're trying to play with a few more layers of protection and sort of leave our our shots to the outside for the goalies. Chris, you mentioned young guys stepping up. I'm just curious what you've seen in Matt Coronado's game, whether it's in-game situation or just battling him in practice. Yeah, Matty's uh, Matty's been awesome. I've only played one game with him, and he, and he had a hat trick. So I mean, I don't think he can do much better. But um, yeah, he he works his behind off, and he competes. And um, awesome kid off the ice. Such a nice, humble kid, and uh, pleasure to have around. Chris, at this point in your career, do you still have the juice this time of year? Do you ramp up with it? Uh, I mean, you've been through enough camps to sort of know how to do it, or is this just all business-like for you at this point? Yeah, I think there's always things you're trying to get better at every game, right? Whether it's now or in the season, there's, there's things you can always improve on and then be better at. So my focus is, is on that, and, um, yeah, definitely getting the pace where it needs to be. Um, obviously, I've, the game we've played was wasn't that great of a game so I mean um, as, as this week goes on here games are going to be tighter and, and faster so moving the puck and, and making those those reads especially in, in our end in our in the neutral zone uh, that'll be a little bit different than, than years past. That is Flames defenseman Chris Tanev speaking to the media on Friday. He'll be back on a pairing with Jordan Osterley. Talked about Matt Coronado's performance back on Sunday at the Scotiabank San Aldo where he had that hat trick, hoping for more of the same tonight. Lots of good things said there about uh, Matt Coronado from Chris Tanev and Coronado looking to continue what's been a strong training camp so far. He's just uh, looking to do his part. He spoke to the media as well Friday before their game against the Oilers. We hear your nickname in the room is Knots. How do you feel about that name? Um, it's good. Whatever, whatever the guys want. Uh, definitely had a few different ones over the last couple of years, but it's good. I was going to say, what was it in Harvard or back in Chicago? Um, it was usually Nato. Um, they would throw around the bison a little bit, too, because the announcer would yeah. mm-hmm. would say that, which is funny. <laughs> what, another opportunity here uh, tonight. As the preseason's gone along, what what's kind of felt more comfortable, or has it kind of seemed that way right from the start for you? Yeah, I think every day it's just about getting better. I think feel more comfortable every, every day. Um, 
I think for me, I'm just trying to keep getting better and keep improving as as the days go along. Is there something specific that you know you want to improve upon that you want to work on and maybe make a little improvement on? I think just focusing on little details, um, being hard on pucks, being good on the forecheck, things like that. Um, I think for me, I'm just trying to uh, learn the kind of the, the way this team plays to the best of my abilities and, and execute little things. What's, uh, what might be the biggest part of the learning curve for you right now? What's kind of the thing that you're focusing on the most? Or? Um, it's tough to pick out one thing. I think for me, I'm, I'm just trying to show up every day and, and bring my best foot forward. Um, and kind of just help the team win win these games. Safe to say, there's some excitement about the the line tonight here, and maybe an opportunity to play with Oz and, uh, and and Dylan. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. It's a great opportunity. Um, there's a lot of great players. Played played with some great players in the past games too. But I'm definitely excited for tonight. But do you have that ease, I guess, with the relationship you have with Dylan? Certainly, playing with him uh, can kind of extend that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to play with Dylan. Um, like I like I've said a million times, he's been um, unbelievable, kind of take leader for me and a guy to follow. So uh, being able to play with him is going to be a lot of fun. And this is preseason game four, and then the time in Penticton. Like, how are you feeling? Energy levels are. I feel good. Um, it's a it's an exciting time to to be in this room and, and play with these guys. So it, it's kind of easy to keep the energy up. It, it does look like the puck's coming off your stick way faster than maybe it did at development camps or previously. Like, did you did you make any changes to your shot this summer or anything like that? Or I don't think so. No, I think I'm always trying to trying to work on it and improve it, but but nothing, nothing, no real changes. I don't think. It's been a long time since you didn't have homework this time of year. How are you enjoying that part of it? I re- I'm enjoying that. Yeah, <laughs> it's really nice to just focus on hockey and uh, yeah, that that's been a great part. Not missing on that. Not the score. (laughs) (laughs) This Flames forward, Matt Coronado, having some fun with Wes and the rest of the media. Not back in class, not worrying about any homework details, but just worrying about uh, the day-to-day details of an NHLer trying to make his first uh, impressions in camp. Had a great one on Sunday with that hat trick against the Canucks. We'll see what he's got for uh, a follow-up performance tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. He uh, talked about it in that conversation, skating on a line with Dylan Dubé and Nazem Kondry. It certainly feels like a spot that we could see Matt start the season on. Let's hear from uh, his center iceman tonight, Nazem Kondry, on skating with two of the younger players and getting set for another Battle of Alberta preseason edition on Friday night against the Oilers. That's just the idea of maybe seeing what you need to see as a group uh, and maybe even individually about being where you need to be. Preseason kind of can drag on sometimes and other times it's the perfect amount to tune up. Where are you with that? Um, I'd say about halfway. I mean, I think uh, that's a pretty fair assessment. I think uh, there's obviously, you know, lots of things internally we've been talking about system-wise just to try to perfect that and there's no better... Um, you know, way to simulate that than uh, in a game. So, uh, you know, we're on our way. Do you, do you remember Matt, Matt's got an opportunity to play on your line, obviously, tonight? Do you remember being that young kid, you know, fresh out of your entry level and having an opportunity to play with vets? Do you, does that bring back memories or anything? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it uh, seems like yesterday, even even though it wasn't. But, uh, you know, it's always an exciting uh, experience for a young guy to come in and kind of get his feet wet and, you know, get on the score sheet a few times. It kind of, you know, it, help, it helps with your confidence. And, you know, you're, you're starting to, you know, see if you can, you know, establish yourself. And I think... Uh, 
you know, Knotts has done a great job so far, and we're going to look uh, for him to, to be even better tonight. Who were your guys that you were in initially paired with veterans when you were at one of your first uh, training camps, do you remember? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was with uh, Phil Kessel, uh, Joffrey Lupel. Um, yeah, I mean, some pretty good players over in, in Toronto, and you know, I remember obviously being a little uh, anxious and nervous to start, but, uh, you know, they made me feel comfortable, and that's, uh, that's essentially what I try to do. What have you seen in Matt's game so far? Uh, wicked shot. You know, he's uh, he sees the game well. He works hard. Uh, he's got speed. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a pretty smart kid as well. So, you know, he, he's going to be able to make, make good reads. Obviously, it's at a different pace, so that's something he's got to get used to. But, um, you know, so far, so good. How, how's communication with a rookie on the ice compared to a guy that's been in the league five-plus years? I don't think it's much different. Like I said, I think uh, you know Knotts is a you know he's a, he's a smart guy. He picks up on things uh, relatively quickly, so he's got to usually say it once and or twice, and he's uh, he's good to go. So I, I don't think it really changes much. Nazem Kadri, last member of the Calgary Flames to speak today from the Scotiabank Sandal Dome. Knotts, do we like Knotts? How do we feel about that for Coronado? Decent nickname. Okay. I don't mind it. Took me a. It took me a second, uh, just because I'm not the brightest in the world. <laughs> it took me a second to kind of put it together, but it, I've heard worse. It's better than the basic everyday just hockey. Just adding a Y to the end yeah. of the name? Maddie. I guess you, Corey, if you really wanted to. I liked when they were calling him the Bison back in when he was in uni. That was cool, but I think it works. I think Knott's works. Knott's works. If he scores hat tricks, he can be Knott's. Uh, we'll preview the Jays and the Rays. Big series coming up for the Jays as they close out their regular season. Thanks for listening. We'll be listening here, here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Alongside my outstanding producer, Taylor Dingman. We're here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Cam's still here. He's just somewhere in a corner thinking about what he did. He's been put in a timeout. Nothing to say for yourself, eh? Air jail. Mm. That'll happen. Flames Oilers on your radio tonight. You can stream the game at calgaryflames.com or listen to it right here starting at 6 o'clock. Flames pregame with Pat Steinberg. At 6 o'clock, it'll take you all the way up until puck drop where Derek Wills and Corey Sarich have the call for you live from the Peter Mara radio broadcast booth just after 7. Dan Vladar gets the starting goal for the Flames. It's Jack Campbell going for the Oilers. Looking forward to this one. Sharon Govich with Huberto and Lindholm once again. Matt Coronado getting a chance with Dylan Dubé and Nazem Kadri. Jeremy Poirier makes his preseason debut for the Flames. Looking forward to tonight's matchup. Some other NHL news to pass your way today. The Minnesota Wild have been busy. They've handed out a couple of extensions to veteran forwards today. Earlier on, Matt Zuccarello, a two-year 4.125 AAV extension with Minnesota. And just moments ago, the Wild locking down Marcus Foligno. Four years $4 million per season. So Bill Guerin getting some work done with a couple of his veteran forwards. Just quickly look up last year's performance for both of those gentlemen. 
Starting with Marcus Felino, assistant captain, on the final year of his deal. He is 32 years old, coming off of a season that saw him put up just 21 points in 65 games. He put up one point in six playoff games for the Wild as well. So maybe a bit of a surprise there, but he gets a four-year deal from the Wild. And uh, Matt Zuccarello, who's been a uh, a nice fit in Minnesota since going there. He's on the last year of a deal that sees him paid $6 million. He's 36 years old, so takes a bit of a pay bump going down to 4.125. But he had 67 points in 78 games last year, including five in the postseason in six games for Minnesota. So they get a little bit of work done uh, with a couple of veteran forwards today. Spencer Martin, former Canucks goaltender who was placed on waivers yesterday, did not make it through waivers. He was the only player claimed. He's heading to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, did want to mention this as well. Interesting piece of news uh, from up the road in Edmonton. Steve Steos out in Edmonton uh, and was introduced today as the new president of hockey operations for the Ottawa Senators. So uh, all that and, uh, of course, NHL preseason action continuing, including the Flames and the Oilers tonight. Also tonight, Jays and Rays kicking off a series. Could be a wild card preview. Jays uh, conclude the regular season with a three-game weekend series. It starts against the Tampa Bay Rays at Rogers Center. One week after the teams played three games in the sunshine in the Sunshine State, easy for me to say. Uh, after the final out on Sunday, it could very well be that these two teams are heading back to Tampa for another series. This time in the wild card round, Jays currently second in the American League wild card race. If they stay in that slot, they'll face the Rays, who are the number one ranked wild card team in a best of three series that starts next Tuesday with the Jays. Got to nail down a wild card spot and hold off the third place team, which is currently the Houston Astros. Let's flash you back to last night. Jays picking up a big win over the Yankees. The 2-0. Ground ball out to short. Bichette's got it. Plays it to first to finish the ball game. On a milestone night for Chris Bassett, who matches his career high with 12 strikeouts. Becomes a 16-game winner. One of only two in the American League. For the first time in his career, he gets to 200 innings pitch. He becomes the 11th player in franchise history with 16 or more wins, 200 or more innings pitched. The Blue Jays get a decisive blow from Brandon Belt. They shut out the New York Yankees 6 to nothing, and they trim that magic number down a little bit more. And with a Blue Jays win and a Mariners loss tonight, the Blue Jays can punch their ticket to a postseason with a victory tomorrow night against the Tampa Bay Rays. That's Ben Wagner on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Mentioned a milestone night for Chris Bassett. Take you back to the top of the eighth inning. Fakes it off against Aaron Judge. Looking for his 12th strikeout of the night, and he would hit the 200-inning mark with this pitch. 0-2 on Judge. Bassett looking to tie his career high in strikeouts. The 0-2, swing and a miss. He struck him out with a sweeper. What a milestone for Chris Bassett. For the first time in his career, he's hit the 200-inning mark. He has tied his career high with a dozen strikeouts. 
and wait until John Schneider allows Chris Bassett to have this ovation. Seven and two thirds shut down frames from Chris Bassett. Rogers Center is delivering on the promise. They're bringing the noise tonight. They're also howling with the hound from the mound. Recognized by Chris Bassett who gestures towards the, the fans in appreciation. He's trying to become the second 16 game winner in the American League. And boy has he ever teed it up. One of his best pitching performances of the season when the Blue Jays needed him the most. Seven and two thirds shutout from Chris Bassett. Taylor, best part of that is, as you hear when John Schneider walks out to the mound, it's a mix of clapping and even some booing as some fans weren't really aware that that put Bassett right at the 200 innings pitched mark. And that's where John Schneider was trying to get him to. Uh, obviously, you don't want to overwork a pitcher this close to the playoffs, but they get him right into that 200 uh, innings pitched, 12K of the night. It comes against Aaron Judge. I just I loved the mix of why are you taking this guy out, but he hits 200 innings, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's 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 always a special moment when you can hit a big milestone like 200 innings. I feel like a lot of people were upset because he was pitching so well, even though he had over 100 pitches. Yeah. And, you you know, you would like to see him finish out the inning. It was one out. But, you know, especially if he's going to be one of your three guys who are in that first series, you, you want to make sure he's getting the rest and not overworked. 100%. It's been a busy year for Chris Bassett. Uh, with 33 starts and 200 innings, he not only came in, helping replace uh, the innings lost when Ross Stripling left via free agency, but also helped cover some of that performance gap created by Alec Manoa's struggles this year. 23 outings of at least six innings, 10 of them seven frames or more, helping the Jays win on any given night. They were 20-13 and 13 overall in games that he started, uh, building in, obviously, so that relievers could get rest most nights. Just a, a hell of a year for Chris Bassett. He spoke uh, about his benchmark of 200 innings last night uh, hitting it last night against the Yankees it's the benchmark for the elite pitchers is 200 innings I, I, I get throwing 160 I've done it I've get throwing 180 I've done it but to get 200 innings you have to have so many people to trust you you have to have so much so much work behind the scenes that people don't see um, it's been my only goal forever um, so to get it, um, to have this organization believe in me like they do, it, it, it means the world to me. Yeah, pretty easy to believe in a guy who's been as good as Chris Bassett this year. Uh, he finishes off the season incredibly strong for the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, if they do go into a series against Tampa Bay coming up next week, sure feels like he's solidified himself as a member of that rotation. Uh, John Schneider, Jays manager, also switching some things up in the lineup the last couple of days putting guys in different spots. Brandon Belt, one of those guys. He hit a massive three-run home run in the victory over the New York Yankees on Thursday. Schneider was asked about why some of those lineup changes have worked out so well for his group. So far, so good. Um, I mean, Brandon's at-bats have been really good. Three-run homer obviously is great. You know, bows up with guys on. You like that. Um, base it to right for him. I think if it's anywhere other than right at Judge, you know, it's an RBI. But, it, um, you know, Cav had great at-bats tonight. It was um, it was good. It worked out. It worked out pretty well tonight. 
Uh, so you say Kikuchi gets the start tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays. Saturday and Sunday's pitchers still to be determined. Kikuchi with a 10-6 and record and a 3.82 ERA. Uh, of course, Jays magic number of two to wrap up a playoff berth, meaning any combo of Toronto wins and Mariners losses totaling two sends the Blue Jays to the playoffs. TL one game up on the Astros for the second wild card spot. If those two teams finish tied, Toronto has the tiebreaker, while uh, Toronto two up on the Mariners. Seattle has that tiebreaker. If for some reason Toronto finishes third in the wild card race, they will instead head to Minnesota to meet the Twins. So we've been doing this the last couple of uh, days here on Sportsnet today. As you know, um, outstanding producer Taylor Dingman is the president of the Cavan Biggio Fan Club, and we've been getting her late season. Day-by-day, Kevin Biggio predictions, and she's done pretty well on these for the most part, Uh, but Kevin's bat has gone cold the last couple of nights. Uh, Let's see how Taylor did on her Thursday predictions. The Jays won 6-0 over the Yankees, but did Taylor hit a home run with her Kevin Biggio predictions? Taylor, it's a big game for the Jays. They need a win against the Yankees. What does Kevin Biggio have in store for us on Thursday night? I'm just, I don't know what to think anymore. I, you know, he was doing so great. And then it all went downhill. And now I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I'm going to go back to my roots here and Kevin Biggio walk because it's a guarantee in life. And Yeah. Is a walk and it'll load him up. There's going to be some good defensive plays because that's another guarantee with okay. Kevin Biggio. We'll take that down. Defense. We're taking points for defensive plays. Runner bluffs the start and it's hit off the glove of Bassett, but here comes Biggio to make the play and LeMahieu and the Yankees are retired. It's really, I mean, that's exactly what you want. Diving stop, Biggio on to first and ten. Not bad, Tay. Not bad. I feel a little betrayed. I know. I was, gonna... I was I was just going with a little bit of the basics from ye- for yesterday, but then he gets two hits and an RBI as well, and I just felt like I was being betrayed. <laughs> I know. I got the text. I wasn't uh, right on the Jays game, but I got a text in our group chat that just says, I felt betrayed, and I immediately knew Kevin must have done something that you didn't predict, uh, and sure enough, I turned it over to, to Sportsnet and there's uh, Kevin Biggio coming through with the bat once again. So it's okay. You went cold. But as far as everything else, I mean, you nailed the walks. You nailed the defensive plays. So we're feeling pretty good about this. It's a true team effort between me and Kevin. Clearly. You guys are on the same page again, feeling good. And now we head into our final series of the year. Kikuchi's on the mound for the Jays. They're 88 and 71. They can lock down. A playoff spot if they win and the Mariners lose tonight. It's a Friday edition, so we won't get these until Monday. We know Bijou's in the lineup tonight. He's batting fifth, playing second base. Taylor, you're on a roll. Give us your Friday predictions for Kevin Bijou versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Going solely off of vibes uh, this time around. I'm going to go with a walk and a hit and two mm-hmm. great defensive plays one walk one hit 
two great defensive plays. Okay. I like it. I feel good about this. Uh, Cam, just nod if you've got that down. Okay. Thumbs up. Good. You're not allowed to use your microphone right now. With pure reason for that. So, Taylor goes for uh, a walk ahead. Two great defensive plays for Kevin Biggio. We'll uh, review that on Monday, and we'll know where the Jays are heading for, I think it's safe to say they're going to be in the playoffs. Pick up a win I here. I think it's a fair assessment. Like, all they need is a win and a Mariners loss tonight, and then they're good to go. I feel good about this. feel good about it. When we come in Monday, we'll have... It's in the we're so back stage of the Blue Jays sure. roller coaster. 100%. We're climbing up now. Probably a large fall-off coming, but for now, we're going to ride the highs of this thing. Uh, here's your lineup for John Schneider's Blue Jays tonight. George Springer leading off and in right field. Brandon Belt, DHing and batting second, followed by Vladdy at first. Bo Bichette at shortstop, batting fourth. BGO fifth. Alejandro Kirk sixth and catching. Kevin Kiermeyers in center field and batting seventh, followed by Matt Chapman at third. And Dalton Varsho in left field. Rays and Jays, 507 first pitch. You can watch it on the Sportsnet television network. Radio will be occupied by your Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. Did want to mention as well, the Calgary Hitmen are in action tonight. They're in Swift Current, getting set to take on the Swift Current Broncos. Uh, Brad Curl will have the call for you. Uh, a little bit later tonight, it's going to be on the alt feed. So if you head to sportsnet.ca slash 960, you'll see the Flames feed. We'll see the alt feed there if you want to catch the Hitman and the Swift Current Broncos. Hitman 0-2 to start the season after back-to-back -back losses with the Medicine Hat Tigers. They're back in Calgary for a 2 p.m. Sunday fun day against the Blades. Matty Rose will have your Hitman pregame show uh, ahead of Brad Crow and Jeff Hollick on the call right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Uh, again, Flames game day. Flames and Oilers. It's game five of eight for the J or for the Flames, excuse me, on the preseason. Lines and deep pairings look like so for the Calgary Flames. Pretty veteran heavy lineup tonight for the Calgary Flames. Huberto, Lindholm, Sharon, Govich, Dubé, Kadri, Coronado, Coleman with Backlund and Dewar, Hanzik, Schwint, Bishop, Hannafin Anderson, Osterly Tanev, Poirier, Solovioff. Dan Vladar gets the start in net for the Flames. Jack Campbell goes for the Oilers. We're bringing a couple of familiar names. Cody Ceci, Brett Kulak, uh, Vinny DeHarnay is coming as well. Drake Kajula, Derek Ryan, Warren Fogle, and uh, Dylan Holloway. It's a pretty young lineup coming for the Oilers. And uh, yes, no Connor McDavid, no Leon Dreisaitl, blah, blah, blah. I think you can understand why they wouldn't be coming to Calgary. Uh, on a preseason night uh, during the pre uh, for Oilers' fourth preseason game of the year. Saving those guys for the home games, no doubt. So, uh, again, 6 o'clock, Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg. You don't want to miss it. He's got lots lined up for you on that one. And then Derek Wills and Corey Sarich have the call of the Flames and the Oilers at 7 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, who are you looking forward to seeing tonight, Tay? Flames have a pretty heavy lineup, uh, veterans tonight, but some uh, interesting young guys making their preseason debuts as well. 
I mean, you're kind of trying to figure out who's going to make that fourth line. And so seeing Bishop and guys like that in the lineup, just kind of what are they going to bring? Are they going to make the team? And just what's going to round off this this roster? Yeah, Clark Bishop's had a, a pretty interesting preseason so far. I've liked what he's brought. I just the hard part is is I think there's a number of guys that you can see making the team. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys that are kind of in that same like he's kind of similar to Walker Dewar. He's kind of similar to Adam Klapka. There's only so many of those roles. Like I mean, Kevin Rooney's kind of in that conversation too, although he's not playing tonight. I just I wonder. I mean, I'm sure the Peltier injury news, which is unfortunate, but you know, probably helps a guy like Clark Bishop stick around, who's had a good preseason so far for the Flames. I just wonder how many of those guys who do similar things get a look at this because, look, I think they're losing a little bit of speed. They're losing a bit of offense with Pelche not able to go to start the season. Uh, I think some guys are going to have to show out. I'm interested to see Dewar tonight. I really think it's a big opportunity for him with Backlund and Coleman. It feels like Manchapani, Coleman, Backlund is a, a pretty set trio. But I'm interested to see what kind of impression Walker Dewar can make tonight. This is a guy that has a high energy motor. He's got a little bit of skill to his game. He scored the other night. I think he has the ability to skate with guys like Backlund and Coleman. And I, I like what Walker Dewar has brought. I'm excited for a full season of him. And really the talk of the night so far uh, for this game is what Matt Coronado's opportunity is. This is a huge, a huge game for him. Uh, obviously that hat trick to kick things off was great. But now playing with two established NHLers tonight with Dylan Dubé and Nazem Kadri, I said it earlier on the program, feels like a spot that Matt Coronado could find himself on to start the year if he has a strong preseason. Well, here's an opportunity for him to continue that good start to the preseason with two guys that I think could be very good line mates for him. So we'll see what happens. Uh, again, another chance to see Sharon Govich with Lindholm and Huberto as well. We've seen Hannafin Anderson, Jordan Osterley continues to get a shot with Chris Tanev, and uh, Jeremy Poirier makes his season debut for the Calgary Flames in preseason. He was dealing with a little bit of injury issue to start uh, the preseason and training camp for the Calgary Flames. Quickly, Cam, you're going to the game. You get out of timeout for a quick moment. Who are you most excited to see tonight? I'm excited to see uh, Coronado. I haven't seen him play yet, like in person, and I mean... Bax's first game at the Dome, probably with the C on his chest. I'm assuming they'll already have the jersey made. It'll be with his C on his chest. Yeah, I'm excited. I think Bax and Coronado will be where my eyes are at. Coronado, I want to see that shot. And then Backlund, I mean, it's just going to be special to be in the building, I think. Yes, uh, expect a rousing standing ovation for uh, one Michael Backlund, who is uh, now with uh, the team for at least the next three years with that contract extension. And uh, just the other day with the captaincy officially sewn on his chest, we'll get a first look at how that uh, looks on the ice tonight for the Calgary Flames uh, as he's on that line with Blake Coleman and Walker Dewar. We're wrapping things up here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. wanted to remind you that tomorrow is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, and uh, they're having <clears throat> a special day of events at the Art Commons Center. There's going to be films from the National Film Board, uh, Indigenous Makers Market, curated by Four Winds YYC in the Jack Singer Lobby. That goes from noon to 6 p.m. 
the world premiere of the powerful Elder Story Project. That's live from the Jack Singer Concert Hall stage at 7 p.m. If you want more information, head to artscommons.ca slash NDTR. Again, National Day for Truth and Reconciliation at Arts Commons is coming up tomorrow. If you want more information, head to artscommons.ca slash NDTR. We've got a busy weekend coming up. Kicks off tonight with the Flames and the Oilers. Saturday, it's the Stampeders and the Ticats. Full slate of NFL action coming up. Week four Sunday is just around the corner. Should be a good one. Looking forward to all of it. Putting a bow on the show today. Thank you to both Matts that joined us, Matt Marchese and Matt Rose. Both of them talking football. Matt Marchese is going to join us every Friday going forward to chat NFL. Uh, he joined us in hour one. And, of course, Matt Rose joined us as well for a Stamps report. Big game for the Calgary Stampeders. They're dealing with more injuries, but they absolutely need to find a way to beat the Hamilton Ticats on Saturday if they want any chance of even coming close to a playoff conversation down the stretch. That one kicks off at 5 o'clock on Saturday. So Manny Rose joined us a little bit earlier today. We also checked in, of course, on the Calgary Flames. Heard from a number of Flames on this game day, including Ryan Huska, Nazem Kadri, Matt Coronado, and Chris Tanev as we get you set for tonight's matchup. And we get you a little bit of a Jays-Rays season, our series preview, last uh, series for the Jays ahead of the postseason. We'll know when we're back on Monday, whether they'll be in Minnesota or in Tampa Bay. I'm not even going to bring up the possibility of them missing the playoffs. We'll find out Monday uh, where they're going. Plus, we got Taylor's uh, Kevin Biggio predictions, the final ones for the regular season. Uh, that's where we'll end off today. Thank you for listening, whether live or on the podcast. Thank you for texting in on the text line at 960-960. Appreciate our text line family here on Sportsnet today. We'll be back on Monday. Shout out to my producers, Cam and Taylor, this afternoon. Um, Cam, think about what you did. Be better on Monday. He's left. He's gone. Thank God. That's good news. Taylor, you are outstanding as always. Thank you. You are as well. Give yourself a pat on the back. I don't think I can make the sound effects. That's fine. Good enough. Uh, quick reminder, we've been coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. You can find the show wherever you get your podcast: Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Your afternoon looks like this. We're going to turn it over to Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. Steinberg's got your Flames pregame show at 6 o'clock for Derek Wills and Corey Sarich. Have the call. Flames and Oilers, a little preseason Battle of Alberta coming your way tonight. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your weekend. We'll catch up with you on a Monday here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.